right? So we do have works. A believer should have fruit, right? Because the Holy Spirit, dunamis power in you, there should be some fruit. However, there are also ways where people hide behind good deeds, right? And, and God cares more about the heart. So we should care more about the heart. We should care more about our heart. That's why I was like, it was so crucial for me to really sit and simmer and meditate on that. Hey, I'm Shay. And I'm Michelle. And this is the Pantry Podcast. Do you want a healthier spiritual diet? We're stocking the storehouse with spiritual nutrition, marinating on the Word of God, and leading you to the meals that truly fuel a soldier of the Lord. And this is Season 9, Obey. It's an acronym that stands for Obey Him Before Anyone Else. This season, let's look at how obedience and a lack thereof impacts our relationship with Him and with everyone else. Join us and friends from over 70 countries as we feast on Jesus, not junk food. You can even be a friend who keeps the show going. Become a partner at patreon.com slash the pantry podcast for just $5 a month. And now let's dig into this meal. Hey, what's up? Hello. Man, it is awesome to be here. Go figure. Go, Go figure. figure. Is it That's exciting and say. awesome? <laughs> yeah, exciting and awesome. Am I changing it up? Did I change it up? I think you've switched to awesome. Awesome. Oh, exciting. So it's we're full of awe at what God does. <laughs> and I'm excited at what God is to Our do. God so, hey. is awesome. Uh, anyways, <laughs> no, but yeah, no, it's, it's good to be here, um, especially in the season of Obey. Um, of course, there's twofold to that word. But man, you know, if we didn't jump into how... Um, there are weapons of obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's really important. You know, Psalms one nineteen thirty. it says, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. Mm-hmm. Like our faith and listening to what God is telling us becomes an integral part in how we perceive the world, see the world, get impacted by the world, or even like be affected by the world. Right. And, and I think that, you know, when you think of this and you think of like, well, what obedience is a weapon? Well, how about this? Obedient becomes our weapon against a struggling and challenging world. Mm. We're not wielding the sword, but what we're actually doing is learning how to disengage so that he can engage and wield that sword for us. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited because this is our first guest of the season. And I want to go ahead and get it out of the way. If I accidentally say Old Bay instead of Obey, it's because <laughs> I'm from Maryland. She's from y'all. Maryland. She got so, crabs. And oh. I don't even like Old Bay. Okay. <laughs> but... I might say it. Anyway, um, so I'm really excited because this is a, I want to say girl, because, you know, I feel like that. But, you know, it's a woman, a, a beautiful woman that I uh, have had the pleasure of knowing almost as long as I've been in church and Shay can say the same. Yeah. Her name is Tierra Lebby. And now she's down in good old Georgia with her family, her husband, their three beautiful children. And, you know, we, we reconnected recently because we both are writers on the new blog, DaughterWifeMom.com. And, uh, Everything that I've been reading, she bears her heart. She encourages people with the word all day, every day. Um, And it's not that there's no struggle. But what I love about Tierra is despite the struggle, she holds firm to the Lord. She won't let him go. And so I'm going to let her kind of just let you know a little more about who she is. But really quick, welcome, Tierra. It's awesome to have you. Hello, hello, hello. And thank you for having me, guys. I, I, yeah. I'm reading this bio and I'm just like, what? She eats kettle corn? She's already a fan. No, I know, I know. I'm already a fan. I love kettle corn popcorn. <laughs> that is, that's, girl, girl, that's right saying. here, right here. I'm telling you, right here. I, I tell you, kettle corn is my thing. And you know what? No one else in the house. Okay, never mind. Kalia came along. She likes Kalia kettle corn Kalia loves now. it. My mom but, uh, loves it. Right. I'm the weirdo. But I do like <laughs> kettle corn pop chips. 
Oh no, Ooh, maybe shit. because oh yeah, pop you need chips. to try the Ooh, pop check chips them out. Check them because out. I don't know how they make them, but they're amazing. So I think that when we were praying on this, mm-hmm. we, we definitely um, thought of you. I mean, yeah. I, you're so real in your writing. You're, it's <laughs> like, and, and I'm like, who better to be authentic <laughs> than Tierra? I'm like, that girl will just lay it down and just tell you about, no. like, especially when it comes to obedience. And not mm-hmm. that you're the professional in it, not that we're the professional right. in it, but I think that coming from a perspective of real yeah is, is very important especially to the audience that listens to us it's like they want to hear like what's going on in people's lives what what is god doing in people's lives and so i'm gonna turn it over to y'all and kind of let this start off michelle you got a question for her come on i know you do i know you do <laughs> it's because during i know it's because during the pre-record i was like i have a question to start you off so there you go so that's how we knew that one um no i think i want to start us off by because this is about being relatable. We want to start this season. We're going to have some amazing guests on all season that are talking about the different, like, very specific, topical ways obedience plays a role in relationships. But here, I just want to kind of set the stage for our listeners and make it very relatable. Like, this isn't about religion. It's about what happens when you get deeper in relationships. So for the first one, it's a big question, but just kind of help people by painting the picture of when did it click in your head like that this like this was a real relationship obedience is not just like nice check boxes it can get really tough Mm -hmm. but you found it worth it to do it anyway like when did that become the reality um most definitely during a season of suffering Right. Because right. that's oftentimes in my life where I've been challenged the most in obedience because, you know, this flesh likes to rise up. Right. So then it, right. you come to this fork in a row. Like, what do you really believe and how submitted are you really like that's that challenge? Um, and so during that season, I was really studying. I, was, I went through the book of Psalms and the book of Hebrews and um, the latter part of chapter three, beginning of chapter four in Hebrews really stuck out to me about obedience because, you know, growing up Obedience was always tied to just a work. You hear, you obey. You hear, you obey. But something in my heart resisted that because it was like so robotic. But the author in Hebrews, he talked, he he connected it for me. And then I started seeing the theme all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm. Like he gives us the illustration of the Israelites, right? And he's like, you don't want to be like them. I'm going to tell you why you don't want to be like them. Um, (laughs) Because they never entered God's rest. And it was like, okay, well, why not? <laughs> and it was literally, it li- he literally connected faith being obedience, being a, a fruit of faith. And then that obedience is also what leads to rest. And so it was that faith part. It was like, okay, so this is supposed to be out of response to faith in him. Cause he said they didn't believe. So they didn't obey. And because they did not obey, they didn't, they didn't enter his rest. So that was the first time it wasn't like obedience was this isolated term. Like you just obey, obey, obey. It connected me to the father because that faith connected that relationship. So it was like, okay, it's out of the relationship that you sanctify my heart to this obedience. As I obey the blessing of obedience is rest and rest, you know, can be whatever that is for you in that season, but what he provides is rest in him. So it was really through a time of suffering when my flesh was fighting, like, no, you don't want to obey. But then as I started to see more of the father's heart for me, and he just showed himself through Jesus, through the scriptures, I saw like, no, actually I want to, my my heart is changing. Like I want to obey and then Mm -hmm. rest like, man, hmm. 
<laughs> Look, disobedience will teach you enough about striving and, and a lack of it. And like the Israelites, right. prime example of it, the constant wandering, like the seasons having to go over and over. And so, mm. yeah, I would say that was like a pivotal point. It was during a time of suffering, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Pain. Wow. Well, you know, that makes me think of Psalms 103, 13, where it says, as the father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Mm. That word fear him, it's like, it's that reverence, but it's at the same time, it's like, he is the better one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, like there is nothing that compares to God. There's nothing that stands up to God. Right. And I think it's one of the hardest things to grab a hold of in those seasons of suffering. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, it's like, it's like. He sifted you. I'm listening to this. It's like he was like sifting Tierra. Like, like so. So, what are some of the things he cut into? I mean, in this sifting, mm-hmm. I think that people need to understand that. Yeah, okay, we went through suffering. We went through this. We're talking about how good God is. We have to t- attach ourselves to God. Mm-hmm. But like, what were some of the the harder issues that? You, like, yeah, it was tough. It was. But what was he sifting out of you? What was he taking care of? Honestly, Shay, it was a lot. But I would definitely say the world. He was mm. sifting the world. He was sifting um, religiousness. He was sifting rebellion. He was sifting mm. pride uh, that I know best for my life, you know, in ways that were so, you know, because religiousness can be very uh, deceptive, right? So you don't mm. think it's that, but then he shows you like, no, that's exactly what it was. And so where the challenge came was, he was calling me to obey him in a way I was not familiar mm. in a way that caused more pain in that moment. Right. right. And so he challenged me to really like go in his word and have, you know, women walk alongside of me to challenge me like, OK, no, what does God say? And what is his heart behind him saying it? And you hit on the nail when you said he's the better way. And that's what he was trying to show me. Like, Tierra, I know you may think this alternative alternative is the better way because it may feel better. Because, you know, and the obedience that I'm calling to you, like to do or to not do, um, it costs you in this moment. Mm. But recognizing that what he is calling me to obey, ultimately him, it will always always lead me to a peace that surpasses all understanding. It will always give me that peace that guards my heart, even though in a moment it can be painful. So I, I learned the dichotomy of what he talks about, how about we can be in pain, but have joy, like having those two emotions mm-hmm. live a lot, you know, alive in mm-hmm. us. And yeah, he, he, he used obedience and the challenge of obedience to obey when my flesh re- was resisting to teach me more about his love for me to, yeah. to, to see wow. so that I can see him clearer. Right. Cause right. it challenged right. my perspective. It challenged my vision on certain things and it challenged me on how far, how much does he really ask? Like when you talk about your life, he wants your life. Oh, I learned. I'm like, no, oh, so you really mean that. Like you were not playing when he says that, like, you to lose your life you gotta lose your life like really and that's when you gain it that's when that became <laughs> right. alive to me but it was through obedience because what he was asking of me was like are you serious <laughs> right you know, are you serious and he showed me like oh it's so it's so it's so much sweeter on the other right. side so, of so, the since, since i read that verse though so hold on since i read that verse i'm, I'm cutting just for because i want you to answer this in this what was mm-hmm. the difference in fear like like what was your fear before and what's your fear after like like when they say fear the lord Mm-hmm. Fear before was workspace. 
Mm. Right. And it was, uh, I don't want to displease him, but not in a fatherly way, but in like a, a act of punishment. Right. Mm. Like I must do X, Y, and Z. And, and because if I don't, some form of punishment is going on. Cause I know sin, sin has consequences. So I, I don't, it was more for a, afraid of the consequences of sin than it was out of love and obedience to my God. Mm, right. Okay. Mm. It was more about me performing than it was about me being sanctified. So that was the fear before and that impacted my relationship with it, it impacted my whole view of him as a father and i didn't re- realize that until i got into that season of pain and he showed me like it's hard for you to see me as a father it's hard for you to see me and so he used the pain of that to to resurrect a fear a reverential fear and that fear came out of relationship with him because that fear was based in awe and wonder yeah. and it was like you deserve it all like how could you not and then that motivated a different type of obedience because that obedience was rooted in faith and not fear mm. amen right amen not like that because that, that turned that compassion right yeah. the compassion of the father then turns into the compassion that you understand of a fatherly mm-hmm. fatherly mm-hmm. compassion yeah yeah Absolutely. um I, so much of what you said is funny. Like there's a lot of re- things that I've been having conversations about when it comes to obedience and this reverence with him. And when it comes to the fear before and after, I look at it a lot like when you are doing things because you're avoiding consequences, right? When we, when we start talking about like this is it's a subtle difference, but when it comes to salvation, a lot of the times we're used to hearing he saved us from hell instead of he saved us so we can be with him. Mm -hmm. He saved Mm -hmm. us into relationship with him. And that shows kind of what you're talking about in this. Because, I mean, I felt like when I realized this, my mind exploded in all the best ways because I was like, wait, I've been so focused. Like he he kept me from hell. Yeah, he kept me from that punishment that that about like focused on the punishment. But the real gift is not that I don't have to go to hell now. The real gift is I get to be with him now. And and that's and that's the minds like that's a flip because we're so focused on, oh, I avoided punishment. Instead of being like, look at the prize. I get to take part in. Look at the restoration I get to be a part of. And I think that 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 really helps deliver us and free us from this yoke of religiosity or this yoke of works because works is all about the punishment. And when you're raising a toddler, you're walking. I mean, you know this, you're raising three littles. They're all (laughs) super little still. And you're and we're all figuring out when you have the Lord and you understand kind of the difference. You're like, I don't want it all to be that they only aren't doing it because they fear the consequence. I want them to trust my judgment enough and then eventually have the Holy Spirit enough that I that they that they do it because they trust me. It's Mm -hmm. not you know, oh, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't do this. So I can't. But instead be like, my mama knows. The <laughs> Lord knows. My daddy knows. That's why I'm not doing it. Mm. I'll, I don't even need to know why. I just like, I know. And just, and, and, and following because of the love, you know. Um, 
and then the other thing, the, the original thing, because as you kept going, I was like, that's that's the money. But the verse it made me think of is in James one, where it says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like when you're so focused on what the punishment would be. You aren't paying attention to who God is. You're, you're obsessed with what the punishments you're avoiding are, not, not who he is, not, not him, yeah, not the value yeah. of the correction yeah. and not, and not the character of your father. So you're stuck in rules, not relationships. So I really liked that. Yeah. And that like another piece of obedience that I have just been, man, just saturating myself in because this is a, a the heart matters. Like um, I was watching a sermon with Jen Wilkin and she she said this statement and it was like, whoa, she said, God cares about your heart and your obedience, which when you hear that statement, especially if you're if you're operating in any religiosity, it challenges that because now you're like, okay, so I can't he don't just want me to just do the stuff. He actually wants me to care how I'm doing it. He actually, oh, (laughs) go, go, go bless this person. Oh, he actually cares about my heart, about that person. Like, and man, like I've I've been studying in the book of Acts and I ran across chapter five with Ananias and Sapphira. And that was like one of the, man, that is a, a, a great, narrative about how God cares about the heart. Like they're giving of their property and he's, they're compared to Barnabas who gave of his property, but obviously with a different heart and Peter by the spirit of God recognized, Oh yeah, you only gave a certain amount, even though that was not the key part. The part was you're trying to perform. Right. Mm -hmm. And God sees where your heart is really at. And so as I was reading through that, it just, it just was another jewel or another gem that I felt like God was in like, just deepening me in is like, I love you too much to leave you just to some robotic works. Like I, I care for you too much for me not to deal with your heart. And then that's, again, that's connected to that faith. I have to sanctify your heart. So there are moments where I want you to sit and be still and let me do heart surgery on you. Let me deal with that unforgiveness. Let me deal with that bitterness so that you can actually operate in true agape love with the people around you rather than just trying to do, you know, trying to do, let me do this, let me do that, let me do that, but your heart isn't there. Your heart is against them and against God. So that is another, you know, key point of obedience that I think a lot of times is overlooked because we're so just what is the act of obedience? But God also cares mm-hmm. about the heart attached to that obedience. And we can right. be okay with what he was just, just Tierra, get this. What he was saying is like, Tierra, you don't have to fear sinning and letting me deal with you. Because, you know, especially us, when the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, we're like, oh, shoot, we gotta, we gotta do something about this. But sometimes <laughs> he's like, no, I want you to see it offer it up to me knowing that I'm your loving father know that I'm gonna deal with Mm. that you don't have to go and try to fix yourself be still know that I'm God and I will deal with that heart of sin I will deal with that heart that is tainted by the worldliness you know and of your flesh and everything like that so even to those that are listening that, that see sin issues in their hearts and it's impacting their obedience go to God, ask him to help you, ask him to change your heart. Like the psalmist said, creating me a new heart, like literally 
start there before you get into let me go act obedient. Let me go act obedient right. so everybody around me can think I'm just this super duper Christian. No, let God deal with your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see a lot of the grandstanding when it comes to people will rely on works. They'll rely on theology. They'll mm-hmm. rely on all of these different things. They'll hide behind denominational lines or titles or pedigrees. All these things the word clearly states mm-hmm. are, are worthless by any comparison. And yet they'll say salvation isn't secure. You can't know you're saved. You know, all these things. And I'm like, you're you're sounding exactly like the ones that had all of the like they walked a walk, but it wasn't the walk. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the way. And they miss it Jesus. Can, can, it, it can fool mm. our human eyes. Yep. But yet what's amazing is the Lord shows us in the New Testament. I, I like to bring this up, you know, when people say, well, what? That means we shouldn't follow the Ten Commandments. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what it means, because the New Testament, someone counted it up. And when you look at the New Testament, there's over 1000 different <laughs> things were commanded to do and not do avoid and lean into like all of these things. There's like over a thousand things that we are like that you could count as commandments. And what does that mean? It means that, like you said, the striving, the work, you can lean on that list. You could sit there all day and turn that into a checkbox and consult it all day and learn to recite it. But if your heart isn't in it, if you be, you can turn yourself into a robot. Mm -hmm. You can turn your body into a robot. Like you can, you can put yourself under control in certain ways, but then just wait till the day you're weak, till you're worn, till one more Mm -hmm. thing. I think it was Joanna Gaines who wrote about um, balance and how it's a myth, like this idea in the sense of it's like, let's say, okay, like work life balance with your family and your job and all this stuff. And people imagine that that looks like you somehow have perfect, like every slice of the pie is equal somehow. And she's like, no, like depending on the day, you might have it like that. Try And then one thing gets added. One P gets dropped on that plate and the whole thing goes out the window. She's like, don't aim for balance. Mm-hmm. Aim for attention where attention mm-hmm. is due. So mm-hmm. when it's time to focus on your kids, like you need the discernment to know it's time to focus on the kids. But some but you also need to raise the kids so that they can handle it if in this moment the job needs that attention or the husband needs the attention or you need the attention or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And that's what it is with the Lord. It's like, it's not knowing all of these rules, but, but when he works on the heart, these things will come naturally. And it's not about if you're listening and you're like, Oh no, I'm so bad at obedience. I, you know, am I saved? But it's more like I, I need to just offer it up and then trust his timing, you know? Um, and, and I know there's a big relationship between obedience and surrender. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to, I want you to kind of go into that. Like, how are those things go, like, how, how do you experience those two things? And, how, and what are the struggles when it comes to surrender? Like, let's get real. So people feel like we understand their struggle when they're trying mm-hmm. to do these things. Uh, like to the point of what I was talking about earlier, the surrendering part is like in my situations, it has been the hardest part because it, it requires you to really trust God and you can't fake that. 
You can't right. fake trust in God. And so it requires you to really say, God, your way is better, even though it doesn't feel like it or in the natural, I'm not seeing it. I trust that your way is better and that wherever you are taking me, your plans for it are good, despite how, whatever the outcome may be. And so surrendering is that like first up, like, okay, I trust that you are God and I am not. That takes humility. That takes full vulnerability and it takes completely like okay your ways are higher than my ways your thoughts are higher than my thoughts and it, in that surrendering comes that obedience for me in my in my situation it comes but not all the time without a battle <laughs> like right, i don't right, want right. to sit here in front like that's what i have been really been challenged on is not only are you going to obey right now, but are you going to obey completely what I say? Or are you going to nitpick when you want to do it, when you don't want to do it and tie it so much to your emotions? So when you feel like this is a good act of obedience, you're going to do it despite, you know, me letting you know that you can't be led by your emotions or your feelings. So like that surrendering part is so crucial, but it takes, it takes humility. It takes awe of God that he really is who he is and you really are you are the created thing and he is the creator like being able to acknowledge that and sit in that and trust it and be led by that but yeah obedience I mean it, 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 it. when I think about obedience I always try to look to the example of Jesus right mm. and him being fully God and man I think about that which probably a lot of the listeners are thinking the garden of Gethsemane, right? right so right. when he's in the garden of Gethsemane, he's like, he's showing that humanity, but he's also showing us this, is how you do it, babies. This is how you do it. Children. This is how you do it. Brothers and sisters. This is how you obey in the midst of who this is going to be hard. Like what you're calling me to, it's going to be hard. And so I'm going to go, I'm going to read it's Luke 22, 40 through 44. He says, he says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. And so he's showing us one, one, pur one purpose of obedience is to glorify. The second purpose of obedience is to disarm. That's how God, that's how Jesus walked out obedience. He said he didn't do anything the father did not tell him to do. He did not speak a word that the father did not tell him to speak. But why? Because he wanted the father to be known to those around him. And then he also shows how obedience disarms. It says, where is that? Where is it? Colossians 2.15, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphant, triumphing over them by the cross. So this obedience that he was experienced or this challenge of obedience that he's experiencing in the Garden of Gethsemane led to the disarming of the enemy. And we walk this out like, you know, we walk this out with obeying him. It not only protects us, it shows other people God. It shows other people God. So it's like not only is obedience a tool for ourselves, it's a tool for others. And so that's when I'm, I'm, I'm constantly being challenged and looking at obedience as like, it's not just this 
this one thing I'm just yield, wielding for my own self or I'm doing it, but rather it is God doing it in me so that when I yield to and I submit and surrender to him, then other people can see him because what is that doing? That is obeying, that's being sanctified into his image. And then what is that doing for me? That is helping me to disarm the, the tactics of the enemy outside, externally and then internally in my own flesh. And so, yeah, I feel like Jesus just, he gives us the perfect example of what and why obedience is so crucial and what it does. It brings people to Jesus. It draws us closer to God and it destroys the works of the enemy in our lives. So it's like, it's used in so many facets. And that's why I feel like the enemy and our flesh attacks it the most with rebellion and pride because all what it is to be a man or a woman who obeys the Lord, like what a danger it is to obey the Lord. Imagine the households change, the churches change, the societies change. A person who right. like submits and say, "Forget it, no matter what, whatever you say, Lord." Yeah. Right. So I, I I I like what you th- said there. In this obedience, in this bended knee, mm. when mm-hmm. he becomes the the way, the truth, and the life, um, we hold an expectation of global capacity, like global, like globally. Of like this change that, that, that needs to take place mm-hmm. um, in ourselves, in our hearts, in our everything. And it's amazing that until you come to a realization that only Jesus can make that change. Only Jesus. I can't do it, man. I, I tried to change myself for 30 something years. Okay, I say 41. I'm, I, but at 41, I came to Christ, finally surrendered myself and said, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. I can't sit here and try to be the person who fixes everything because I, I want to fix everything. I think we all go through that. I think we've all mm-hmm. been in that position. And all three of us sitting here, we, we know our mm-hmm. stories. And we've mm-hmm. all sat in this position of wanting to change the world. And it's like, but but until we come, you're coming to some beautiful realizations. You're coming to this idea that like, watch, Jesus said, I, can, I don't even remember the verse, but he sits there and says, only I can make this choice. to die. Man could not make this choice. He had to make this choice. He didn't go to the, he, man didn't put him on the cross. He put himself on the cross Uh, and, and, and the imperfectness of Gethsemane. I mean, boy, you've blown my mind on a lot of stuff right now. You know, (laughs) here Jesus is in his perfect sense, bleeding out. I mean, just so stressed, his body, so stressed, his body, so fatigued, all of, I mean, you could go through medically on this thing and see the, Mm -hmm. the, the anxiety that was going through him in the flesh. But in himself, he's like, here I am, Father. And the, and his disciples couldn't even stay awake. Here he's giving an example. And his disciples can't even stay awake. He's like, hello, really? You can't stay awake. And then you drop the bomb on Ananias and Sapphira. So look, guys, don't be scared. But let me tell you something. Sin unto death. That is a scary thing. And if you don't know what it is, look it up. Sin unto death. Because that is what happened. It's not that they went to hell. It's that God said, nope, you've, you, 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 you've instructed my stuff. And my sister went there. She uses that example. But look. God has grace. God has mercy. <laughs> but but I just love what, how you're unpacking this and putting this in. And then Michelle goes over and she's talking about, you know, be doers of the word, not hearers of the word. And, you know, you're looking in the mirror. Are you going to receive the correction? You're not going to receive the correction. Are you going to yeah. walk away from the mirror and forget what God has told you? Or are you going to stay in the mirror and sit there and say, okay, look, I'm not looking at my outer self. No, I'm not sitting there doing my hair or checking my beard or trimming it up. No, I'm looking at a mirror of my, of my spiritual, my spirituality. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there with an open heart and an open mind, and I'm allowing God to come in and do a power work in my life yep. and say, no, I am going to strip you of what you think. Yep. And I am going to input 
I mean, it's there. I'm just going to unpack it for you because there ain't no that point of salvation. He downloaded everything to us. Mm-hmm. So now all he's doing is like, okay, well, you're not getting it here. And I like what you said. And, and, and then he lets me sit in that sin for a minute. So I understand. <laughs> right. Right. I love this. No, because this is such the battle of, of a believer, of a yeah. believer in yes. a relationship and not a religion. Yeah. This is how it works mm-hmm. with us. It's like every day. I mean, I'm dying on a bed of COVID. I know that the people, our listeners have heard this. I'm dying on a bed of COVID. And he's sitting there working on me and telling mm-hmm. me, you can't do nothing. <laughs> Tara, mm-hmm. that's the day my life changed. Mm-hmm. When he said, yep. well, you're laying here, you're about to die. What you going to do? <laughs> and I'm like, nothing. And I'm like, Lord. And, and so I just started like, Lord. And he mm-hmm. took me off of that bed. And I mean, he's still working on it, but he's like, and I said it earlier and I said it before, but it's like, I want to engage. And he's telling me to disengage so he can do the engaging. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's not taking my power away. No, 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 mm-hmm. no, no, no. Now I'm in the spirit. Now I'm, now I'm, now I'm working. Now I'm behind the scenes and I'm like in this, uh, people hate this fourth dimension, but it's like, I'm in the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that is where battles are won. Yeah. Battles are won on our knees. Battles are won in this relationship, in this hearing of God, in this in this prayerful time. Mm-hmm. And I just love what you're saying. Yeah. You know, the, the prosperity gospel, which brings me into a conversation I just recently had with some of, some, two other authors on daughterwifemom.com. Uh, but talking about the prosperity gospel, it's not, what's funny is people think like the biggest problem with it is that it's like health and wealth, mm-hmm. right? Because like those are like, you know, you shouldn't expect those things. I'm like, all right, right word. But it brings it back to religiosity. Mm -hmm. It brings it back you. It's up to you. If Mm. you do these things, if your faith is big enough, earn, 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 works, 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 then you get these things. It brings back the works into the person for their own gain and gives people an idea that if the world has suffering, they must not have enough faith. But the reality is God will bless you. But often we, we, we miss out on the depth of the blessing sometimes, or we miss that it's a blessing at all because there's discomfort attached to it because that is how he prunes us, works in us, is weeding the garden. That's what he has to do. But also in eternity, we have that ultimate rest from all these things, from all this suffering. But now he's not saying that here he's going to make life so comfortable. You don't feel like you need him. This world is owned by the devil that like pretty much our whole Mm -hmm. last season was pointing out all the ways the world's owned by the devil, not Mm. to make you sick with grief, but to, to wake you up to don't fall in love with this place. Turn Mm -hmm. to the Lord. He's the only way you're going to get out. And That is to say the suffering that broke you, that brought you to these realizations, the suffering that has broke me and Shay time and time again, the sifting. Mm -hmm. He's like, you're going to have comfort and you're going to have discomfort in this life. You're going to constantly want to reach out to what offers comfort, which is often the devil. But the truth is, I give you that ultimate rest. I give you that ultimate peace by helping you stop pining and striving for things that fade away. And instead, focus on what's going to get you through this thing. Bring me the most glory. Bring the most people closer to knowing me, if not fully knowing me because of your obedience. And that's why when you said like, oh, but the power of a believing, Mm. obeying saint. 
because mm-hmm. obedience, I see it now, the struggle. I feel it now in this crazy world where there are so many issues, so much hate, so much division that's ungodly division. Because God does allow and sanctify certain divides, but not uh, the things that are being sanctified by the world right. into the pit of hell. Those things, those divisions are not of God and the works and the, the striving where we are focused on the problems of a global scale that actually impacts us. People talk about economy and nationalism and that's why it's bad. No, you know, the actual reason globalism is bad for the believer It makes us care about every problem in the whole world and think that unless God's using us to fix all of that, it's not good enough. When really the reality, like Shay said, is all I can do, and it's the most powerful thing, is let God work in me. And if every believer sits and says, no, God, I don't need you to heal earth. I need you to work on me. If every believer did that, If every believer is like, no, I'm just going to obey you, Lord, instead of Lord, heal this, do this, deliver this. If we all just stop trying to fix earth with our prayers and instead let him fix our hearts, Satan would be utterly, he'd be pooping himself. I'm sorry. But like he knows that that's not when he makes us see every issue across earth, then because we do have big hearts, we pray for all of that. And we let our own heart sit there rotting away in whatever area it's rotting. And we don't obey the little things that could change us and the person next to us and our neighbor. And it's so freeing to know my job isn't to solve the earth with my prayers. I'm just supposed to walk in relationship with him. That sounds like a cop out, except that's where, like you said, Tierra, like that's where the real power is. Well, you know, just real quick on that. Uh, if we listen to the spirit, he will give us the words to pray <laughs> right there. Right. You'll pray for things. You will pray for mm-hmm, things, but for it's sure. the spirit who's guiding those prayers. Mm-hmm. And, and that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm yeah, loving everything. Heart, I'm telling you that heart piece is absolutely <laughs> crucial. It is the center of everything. And if you just think about all these times where God is, he, he places such an emphasis on it. Like he says, man looks at the outward appearance. Like I look at the heart, man looks at the outward appearance. Or when he's saying the last day, people gonna say, oh, I did this in your name. I did this, Lord, Lord, Lord. And he says, depart from me. Mm. I never knew you. Like if anything that causes us to stop and reflect, right? Mm-hmm. And it's okay to stop and reflect because of the, who the God we serve. He, has, he said, none of y'all will get lost. Y'all are in my hand. You can't even jump out of there. So it's okay to stop and reflect <laughs> and say, hey, really, where is my heart at? Like, cause that's yeah. what he challenged me on. He was like, how well do you love? Hey, when you did that, what was the motive? Because that's what he cares the most about. And that's what Jesus cared the most about. It was not actions. It was not giving the biggest offering. It was not because that's deceptive. We see that with Ananias and Sapphira. We can't, that can't, now that can't be the only indicator. Now works are secondary. Like they come from, they're a fruit of the spirit, right? So we do have works. A believer should have fruit, right? Because the Holy Spirit, doing his power in you, there should be some fruit. However, there are also ways where people hide behind good deeds, right? Yes. And, and God cares more about the heart. So we should care more about the heart. We should care more about our heart. That's why I was like, it was so crucial 
for me to really sit and simmer and meditate on that that connection between faith, like obedience alone is not what he's calling. That obedience has to be rooted in faith. And who is the author and finisher of our faith? It is Jesus, right? right? And so that faith that he gives us, that he starts and he also ends or continues, it will lead us to obedience. And out of that obedience, we will rest in God. And like Michelle was saying, that eternal rest that we're looking for is in eternity. The rest we're looking for now is not the same rest that we will experience in eternity. And that's where our God complex gets crucified, right? Because now we have to understand that God's definition of good is not always our definition of good. And and another thing to the prosperity gospel as to why it is so wicked, we put ourselves in a position where we say, okay, I did this, so this is what I deserve because this yes. is good for me. When in reality, yes. what was good for Tierra was a season of pain. What was good mm-hmm. for Tierra was a season of mm-hmm. sifting. Now, and it reminds me like when Peter went and cut off, cut off, I forgot uh, the high priest uh, servant's ear, right? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, do you know, like, do you know what I, no, I need to go to that cross. And and sometimes people will look at your obedience as if it's Mm. foolish. Like, you know, it's as if it's foolish. And yet it is exactly where you need to be at, right? It's exactly where you need to be at to get to the cross to, to, to kill that sin and to be able to glorify our father. And so like obedience, even another thing like obedience to the world will seem foolish more times than not. It will look like something going like Joe, his friends, he's like, look, you done did something, Joe. You done something. <laughs> because it is no way you will be having this experiences in your life if you obeyed this God. And yet that wasn't even a point of it, right? right? And then like Jesus's obedience always, I just, I always try to look, okay, Jesus, how did you exemplify this? In Luke 20, I think it's 2263. This is just going back to the point that Sometimes obedience to others around you may look foolish. Jesus is going to the cross. He didn't say a word. The God, like the son of God who has no beginning or end, literally the most in this time period, embarrassing way to die (laughs) on a Roman cross. And it says, The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, prophesy, who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. That was the world. He didn't know what he going. He said, for the joy set before me, I endured the cross, despising a shame. And then what happened? He said at the right hand of the father. So he knew why he was going to the cross, even though the world looked at him like, and, and the gates of hell looked at him like, yeah, we did it. We're doing it. He went and said, father, Take me now. It is finished. Mm. It is finished. Mm-hmm. So even our acts of obedience, we have to also recognize that it will seem sometimes foolish to the world. Mm. But for the joy set before us, we endure it, knowing that there is a great joy. Before, you know, there is a joy set before us. But we have to. This, this is I mean, now all I'm speaking of is all the things he was like. He was gearing me and like, Tierra, what is that joy set before you so that you are able to endure this cross? Because this enduring this cross means surrender. It requires obedience for you to do it. Jesus showed us that he had to obey God's plan for redemption in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he chose obedience, even though it cost him physically, emotionally and spiritually in that moment. And so, like, it's so important that we not 
when we let God deal with our heart concerning obeying him, but also recognize that sometimes the things that he calls us for, as long as it is in here now, now anything outside of here, I ain't got nothing to say, but anything that he has <laughs> called us to, mm, anything he has called us to do that may seem foolish to the world, always remember that he is not of this world. We are not of this world. He uses the the foolish things to the foolish things to confound the wise. So we have to remember that his obedience sometimes may look. It may have people laughing at you. It may have people mocking at you, mocking you. It have might get some insults. You know, it, it comes with that. But if they did it to him, how much more us? Mm. Mm. How, how much of that have you experienced? Ooh, a whole would lot. You say, would you say in this last season of change, where you're going more into the Bible and not into the atmosphere a whole lot um yeah. externally but even internally because yeah. i'm thinking like god you telling me that it's gonna make me look real stupid like what you mm. like even <laughs> it, it challenges me like this one it's real like yeah. i'm thinking like this this is gonna make me if i were someone else i would think this and yet he said mm. not your will not your will not your will i know better and that's that's the what i'm talking about that god complex and that humbling really truly believing that he like his thoughts and his ways are above ours right he's proven himself he's proven that he is always right he is always consistent he is always faithful so who am i to second guess the god of this universe my creator me being the created thing if he tells me to obey it is a glory on this on in that obedience and on the other side of the obedience and so I have just learned to submit. I'm learning to submit again, not up here faking the funk. No, I am right, challenged right. in obedience. Okay. Right. I am, I am very much challenged, but every time I'm challenged, I, I see it now as an act of love because I'm like, he doesn't want to leave me. He, I'm like, God, I don't know what you're doing, but goodness gracious. Like he's like, I, I'm calling you another glory, another glory. I, I want you to really understand what it means to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. I really mm -hmm. want you to know what it means to not be of this world. You are purely in this world. You have another life. Like I, I, I have taken grasp of eternity. Like, and mm -hmm. once you take grasp of eternity, it's okay to take an L here. Cause you recognize mm -hmm. like, this right. is not it for me. I got the right. double win. Like I, and my win is for sure. So yes. anything that I have to take an L for here as an act of obedience for my God, you you hold on to things a lot a lot looser when when mm. you live in light of eternity. You're able to obey. You're able to to the sacrifices that come with obe obedience. You're allowed to so you're you're able to surrender just a tad bit easier as He's sanctifying you and as the Holy Spirit is empowering you to obey Him. You start to see like this stuff is really stuff. Mm. This like death is right. really for sure, but eternity is going to be so sweet where. All of this stuff that I want to be for God in God, I will have. So if it requires me shutting my mouth when I want to speak, I'll shut it. If it is okay, Tier, you go do this and let me deal with your heart. You sit and let me deal with your heart. Mm. God, not your will, but not my will, but your will be done. Father, help me mm. in my unbelief. God, help me with my unbelief. Like I'm learning to be real raw. God, I don't want to do it. Help my heart, help my heart to submit to right. you. Teach my heart to obey you. Teach my heart to like let, and even when you can, I don't know about y'all, but I can feel when sin is trying to pull my heart. That heart is just, <laughs> I can feel it. Oh, yeah. And oh, now yeah. 
he helps me to be so aware of it where it's like, okay, God, my heart is trying to be drawn away from you. I'm telling you, like, mm-hmm. the work of the Holy Spirit, he empowered, He empowers us. And this isn't just a Tierra thing, a Shay Michelle thing. Everybody yeah. that is listening, I'm yeah. pretty sure you know, you felt that Paul moment in Romans 7. What I want to do, I don't, I don't really need to be doing. But what that which I do not want to do, it seems like I'm, you know, I'm tugging. And it's like, it's just that war, war within us. But praise be to God because of Christ. What he did on the cross, we have been empowered to obey him. Right. I think what's what was important, and, and we came to this uh, conclusion, or I came to a conclusion at one point, and what you're saying right here, because um, he who has the ear, let him hear what the uh, Spirit is saying to the church. Mm-hmm. What is the Spirit saying to you? So there's this communication, right? Um, this obedience, I, I mean, people like the checkmark religion, obedience is just, how do you do it? Like, how do you do it? Be obedient and just turn to your father. Um, Pastor B um, from our church, he has been a very integral part in my life about just talking to God. Now, mm-hmm. he'll say prayer. You need to pray. Mm-hmm. You need to pray. You need, and, and what I'm hearing you talking about right now, that's prayer, y'all. Right. That is prayer. It's not this like incant- incantation that I'm sitting down and mm-hmm. saying the right words and saying the right whatever. I'm in communication with God. Right. And Tierra is sitting here describing this perfect obedience of just turning to the Father and saying, I'm wicked right now. Help. And, and I think <laughs> if you're married, <laughs> help. Because help. That, that's help, me. Please. I'm like, help. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and you know, the most places I see it, I'm getting really good outside. Like, <laughs> I go out the four walls of my house and I'm like I got this mm-hmm. I get inside my house and I feel yeah. that tug of That's evil trying to trying to dis, d- d- distract me or take mm-hmm. me away from what God has ordained me in this marriage and mm-hmm. it's like and, but look mm-hmm. help right. <laughs> help me because I right. need it right. uh, but I love that I love that that you're that this what she what's being demonstrated here is this mm-hmm. communication yeah this this obedience to turn where to the father Mm-hmm. Imagine obedience can be that simple. It's like I turn to the Father. It's been said, and He starts to pour into me. Yeah, and by pouring into me, it becomes overflowing. Mm-hmm. These are verses, y'all. Overflowing, and what's the overflow? How does that impact the community? Mm-hmm. Com- impact your marriage? Impact your friends? Impact those around you? I mean, I still work in the army. I still have to deal with. Nice people. Yeah, I want to say something else. See, I felt that that thing crawling up right there. Uh-huh. I like, yeah, you felt it. You felt it. <laughs> I felt it. I want to say something mean about them people. But 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 you know, it's amazing that when you handle, like, when you stop and you shut up. Like, I like what you said. You just shut up. Shut your mouth. She said. God said, shut your mouth, Tierra. Mm-hmm. Be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> and, and, and be quiet. Be quiet. Uh, it has an impact mm-hmm. that that we might never understand. Because now it's a reflection of not ourselves and how we want to deal, but how God is dealing with us and dealing yeah. with that situation. And I just love everything. Amen. I know. I know. There, we knew there was a reason yeah. that we were going to have this episode with <laughs> yes. you. Um, and Told you I was underground. I underground, man. Whew, he dealing with me. <laughs> I know. He's speaking to me. <laughs> I know. I, it's amazing how much... For for the people who might be skeptical or unsure or afraid to like jump into this and like kind of embrace suffering, because that's kind of what we're saying is not like hug it like, you know, but, you know, rejoice yeah. in everything, yeah. you know, give thanks to God in every season. But 
I remember um, as we wrap up, I remember at a Bible study. It's funny. I only remember one thing you ever said at life group, but I don't, but for most people, I don't remember anything they've ever said. I just have knowledge sitting in there. Don't know where it came from. Right. Mm -hmm. But it impacted me so much back then because I was new in the faith, maybe a year and a half in, and you were sitting on the couch and you said something, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I am so wicked. I am so, my heart is so deceitfully wicked. I need the Lord. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times I have clung to like that. Your voice and you sitting on the Mm -hmm. couch has come into my mind when I'm struggling to obey as just a reminder. And I don't feel insulted. I don't feel beat Mm -hmm. down and worthless trash. It's it's like just that reminder of truth. It's not salty truth. Mm -hmm. It's not rub it in truth. It's just truth. I without Christ am wicked period and have a tendency to just go deeper and deeper into depravity however that's why the lord's sitting here giving me something different and um and the joy that i see in you the joy the 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 the, the joy that exudes in your smile it's not a fake smile it's the joy when i see you um that's just like that's the the promise in Mm -hmm. effect in Tierra's life for those who are like, I don't know, watch the video of this, right? Like, don't just listen, go, go like watch Tierra go like off. Like (laughs) she's not sad. (laughs) Right. right. She's not in misery despite the fact they're suffering. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that's what this is about is, is not running from the suffering, but having the only answer to the suffering that gets you actually through it. So thank you so much. Um, Before we go, I I just want to say something. (laughs) Go for it. it. Because we're talking about obedience. We're talking about weaponry. We're talking about all these things. And we really need to wrap this into, into a thought for people because the world, the world, the enemy and yourself will come against you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's, it's what's in our cards. I, I, I don't I'm not pessimist. I'm not all negative, uh, but I'm telling you, this is what is in our cards, especially as a believer, mm-hmm. because there is there's a lot of things out there that do not like the light. And so I just want to say this verse because it's been on my heart and, and I, it really came to me. It's Jeremiah seven twenty three. It says, but this command I gave them, obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people and walk in all the way that I command you that it may be well with mm-hmm. you. So see, obedience becomes our weapon against this struggle mm-hmm. where the world, ourself, and the enemy are against us. Amen. 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 Thank you for being here. Yes, thank you. Always. No, thank I love you for having me. <laughs> um, I love hearing your wisdom. I can see, like, we, like, yeah, it's just amazing. Um, so real quick, let people know how they can get in touch with you because I'm sure there's someone out there who's going to be hit in the best way and want, <laughs> and want to let you know. So how, how can, how can people get in touch with you? Um, so right now I am on Instagram. So it's T underscore Levy. So please feel free to reach out to me on there. I get some DMS and I love talking back and forth. So yeah, there, and then I am now blogging for daughter, mom.com. So if you want to go uh, see any of my writings <laughs> or my blog posts, especially on suffering, like, especially on yes. suffering, like I get kind of vulnerable up there. So if you want to um, yes. go check uh, something out about like suffering and how, you know, joy and suffering 
can coexist, go, go check out uh, daughterwifemom.com. Amen. Awesome. And all of those links, as always, will be in our show notes. And you can, of course, comment, email, subscribe, do all the things to hear more amazing things from amazing people that just love the Lord. And that's what makes them amazing. So until next time. Bye. Bye.